This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, thank you guys so much. Excited to be here once again. This is my final night to be with you on this series. And uh, maybe, maybe sometime in the future we'll get another chance to get up here. But uh, I sure have enjoyed this. This has been a blessing. Um, this has been the first time I've ever shared on a lot of the stories I've been talking about over the past couple of weeks. And so if you haven't been able to uh, be here for any reasons, I encourage you to go back, catch them on the podcast. Um, I really believe God is wanting to do something amazing. He's wanting to teach us something about the supernatural and how God still moves in the supernatural, how he lives there and he wants us to be in that same realm with him. And so tonight, I wanna talk to you about walking in the supernatural. I wanna talk to you about this. Over the past couple weeks, I've talked about how God has shown me things in the supernatural. Um, I've talked about what angels look like. Um, I've talked about what demons look like. And understand this, for those of you who haven't seen it, angels are really tall. Some angels have wings. Some angels look very similar to you and I. That's when you read in the Bible it says, you may have entertained angels without even knowing it. That's what it, they really do. They look like you and I. In fact, um, I believe it was two years ago at the Men of Iron, they, all the ushers kept coming back together and being like, listen, this is the number I've got. And the registration, people were saying, well, this is the number that should be here. The problem was the registration number had like 1,500 people and they had 1,800 counted in the service. And they kept going around and asking. They were like, I don't know where these other 300 people showed up from. Well, I'm standing next to Kelly Castleman, and he's like, look in the crowd. So at this point, I'm worshiping. We're looking this direction. And he said, look in the crowd. And I look in the crowd, and I see these really bright lights around people, like, like just they're lit up. And I was like, huh, I've never really seen that before. And he said, look, watch, come here. And we start walking down the aisle, and he said, you see him right there? And I said, yeah. And I'm looking down the aisle. And this guy, he's just like lit up. And I was like, what is this? And he, he's standing there. And everybody else has had something. I don't remember if they had uh, wristbands or if they had something around the neck. They had something that was identifying him. This guy didn't have anything. And he's sitting there and he's worshiping. And he looks over at us just like this. And Kelly and I are looking at him. And he just smiles and does that. And I was like, what in the world? He goes, that's an angel. The guys that are standing next to him had no clue. They just saw a man that was there worshiping. But there was an angel that was standing right next to them as they were worshiping. And it was all over the sanctuary. All over the sanctuary. And so what I'm telling you is when the Bible talks about these different things, it is exactly what has happened. So when they talk about the story of Moses or Noah, you know, sometimes you wonder, did that really happen that way? Yes, it did. That's exactly the way that it happened. And so I just encourage you, when you read this, don't let it just be a book that you put down. Let it be the word of God that comes alive in everything that we do. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about walking in the supernatural. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Hebrews chapter 13. That's where we're going to start. I'm going to go. So I apologize. I've been told before that I uh, sometimes talk a little bit fast. Um, 
So I'm going to go ahead and apologize now because I've got a lot of scripture I got to cover and we're 27 minutes and counting. I'm really going to try to get you out on time. So I'm going to do my best on that. So um, I'm going to get going right here. So let's go ahead and pray and we'll get started. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, once again for the opportunity to come into your house. I ask, Father, that you would lead us, guide us, and teach us in all that you do tonight. I pray, Father, as your word says, lean onto your understanding. And so, Father, I pray that any reservations, any preconceived notions and thoughts that are not from you or agreeing with the word of God, I pray that those would be gone. And so, Father, I pray that you would open our hearts and our ears to receive your word tonight. Help me to speak this message with simplicity, with clarity, and an understanding, Father, that we may walk away with a knowing how amazing the supernatural is and that we can walk in this every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 20 is where we're going to start. I love how this says it right here. So, He's getting to the final statements. And this is, this is amazing. Whenever you read these letters, understand these. These are letters. They weren't chapters. These are letters that are written. This is the final letter that comes out. And so this is kind of the drive home point. This is when we're kind of putting the final punch on it. And we're trying to help people to understand. But it gets to this. And it says this. Now may the God of peace who brought up the dead, who brought from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Now, this is the point that I want you to understand right there because he's talking about something amazing. Now, when we're talking about God, there are two different worlds that are here. There's the natural world. That's what we function in every day. Then there's the supernatural. Now let me ask you this question. Does God function in just the world and not the supernatural? See, God lives in the supernatural and works in the natural. What he does is he comes over and does things when we start believing and asking through the supernatural with expectations and faith and boldness. He comes over and makes things happen. So when miracles are happening, when healing's happening, when things are going on like that, God is moving but he started in the supernatural. We've got to get to the supernatural that we can't necessarily see at all times, but know that it's there. So he continues to go on and he says this, remember, now may the God of peace. See, when he's talking about peace, he's talking about the supernatural, things that we have been called to do. See, you and I are called and equipped to walk this world out as a light of the world. Even when darkness comes in, light always wins. No matter what, doesn't matter how dark it is outside, you turn a light on, darkness doesn't compete with light, light always wins. And so we're called to walk in the light of the Lord. So we walk through this with peace, knowing that you know what? I've got God on my side. I've got Jesus who died on a cross, went to hell, kicked their tail, came up victorious, took the keys to the kingdom, Gave them to us so that we could rule in authority and know who we are in Christ. Because you know what? When he won, we won. When we won, we understand that we don't walk around like, oh, man, that was tough. You know, just the other day, last Sunday, the World Cup, the Women's World Cup finished. And USA won again. Man, excited about it. That was awesome. I don't watch soccer, but once every four years. I get really excited about it because I love America. I love rooting for our teams. I love rooting for our people. And so we go through this, and you know what? When those girls are walking around the parade, they're not going, oh, man, you know, is this? Man, they're walking big, excited. We won. We did this. We are the champions. 
We are the best in the world. See, that's the attitude and understanding that we need to walk around with, knowing that in humility, we have an understanding that we are the champions. Not because of me, but because of what he did. What he did and he gave me the authority when he said, I took those keys and I gave them to you. You have the authority and the understanding. And so he's talking about the peace and he's talking about this, that you and I are equipped for every good thing. Now, sometimes when we try to think about things, it becomes overwhelming. We think about all that we've got to do. Because here's the deal. If you haven't read through this whole book, it probably looks pretty daunting. Like, ew, that's a, uh, you know, I'm on page 1,150. I'm telling you, when I saw those textbooks and they were this thick, I was like, oh, Lord, that's not going to be a fun class. But you know what? As I read through this Bible, as I read through the Word, and I've read through this many, many times, this thing helps me to understand who I am, not just who they are. See, and I think that's where we separate things sometimes. We think that's who they are, but I'm not sure who I am. No, this tells you exactly who you are. Because when he's describing this, now may the God of peace, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. Who brought up from the dead Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you. That's not just Pastor Stormy. That's not just some random person. He's talking about you and I. May he equip you. May he equip me with all you need for doing his will. He's going to give you everything that you need. And understand this. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. This is what it comes back down to. If you have that graphic, will you throw it up there real quick? Now, this is the understanding. This breaks it down very simply. I was meeting with a friend of mine, and we were talking about some different stuff that was going on. And he said, I came across this graphic, and it helped me to describe exactly what is going on. So here it is. Christ is the top. Jesus is the top. We understand that. The Bible t- talks about that the husband is the head of the household. Okay, so he's the head of the household. His three main things are this. Protect the family, lead the family, provide for the family. That's it. That is your three things. That is my job. Protect the family, lead the family, provide for the family. Those three areas. But if I'm under Christ, he will give me everything that I need to perform that, to protect my family, lead my family, and provide for my family. As the wife, the job is to comfort, teach, and nurture. Comfort, teach, and nurture. That's it. Your job is not to lead the family, protect the family, provide for the family. It's not my job to comfort, teach, and nurture. Now, I can come beside my wife and partner with her in those, but I've got to learn from her. So when I come across this, and then the last thing is this, children, here it is, pretty simple. This is your job. Love your parents and obey your parents. That's it. You have no other duties. Love your parents and obey your parents, you fall under Christ like you're supposed to. When it looks like this, your family's gonna be blessed. When we get out of order is when the mess starts coming in. We've gotta make the decision and understand this is who I am, this is what I do. So you may sit there and say, yeah, but I don't know if I can really lead the family. I'm pretty quiet. I'm not sure if I'm worthy enough. Guess what, I'm not. I guarantee if you talk to Pastor Stormy, are you worthy enough? Nope, not at all. But through him, He has equipped me because remember this. What did it say in that scripture right there? May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. That's his will. 
He'll give you everything that you need. Just seek him. When you seek him 100%, I will tell you what, you become the greatest father that you've ever been. You become the greatest mother you've ever been. You become the greatest child you've ever been. Because it's in him, not in you. That's the decision we have to choose to make. This is how it comes to it. How can you serve the role in the supernatural? By leaning into his world. Leaning into the supernatural. This is what it comes back down to. Jesus gives us very simple and understanding ways to do this. Matthew chapter 22. There's gonna be, we're gonna go back and forth. So once you get to Philippians, hold Philippians chapter two. Leave a finger right there because we're gonna kick right back over to it. That was right to the left. And then go to Matthew chapter uh, 22. So Philippians 2, and then go to Matthew 22. That's where we're going to start, Matthew 22. Now, I want you to listen to this, because this is how Jesus is speaking to us and teaching us right here. Matthew 22, verse 34. I love this. The title on my part right there, it says, The Most Important Commandment. The Most Important. Understand, there's nothing else that is more important than this one statement right here, and this is what he's getting to. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. Oh, we're going to get him. We're going to get Jesus. We're going to do this. Bad move, guys. One of them, an expert in religious law, here's the deal. There's a bad spirit that's out there that can jump on any one of us. It's called the spirit of religion. And I'm telling you, it is a demon that jumps on you. When you become critical of everybody else, the way that they do things, you understand that you're starting to move into the spiritual realm in the wrong direction. The enemy's goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. There is a spirit of religion that will jump on you. That spirit of religion will look at other people and say, I can't believe they wore that to church. That spirit of religion will jump on them and say, I can't believe they pray like that. That spirit of religion says, how are they getting blessed by God? Look at them. They don't even serve God like I do. Look at my Bible. It's got rips and tears in it, and theirs looks brand new. That's that spirit of religion. Don't let that into your world. When you start having those thoughts, you command those things. You say, in the name of Jesus, I speak peace, I speak love, I speak joy into my life because I'm going to have the fruit of the Spirit. And so, Father, forgive me for the thoughts that I've had. I cast that spirit out of me. I don't want that spirit of religion. I don't want that spirit of pride in me. I don't want that spirit that jumps on me to discern. I want to discern what you have for me, Father. So deception, get out, get out. You take authority over those things in life. See, an expert in religious law, he leaned more on his religion than he did on God. That's what the spirit of religion will teach you to do. So he goes on, he says, tried to trap him with his question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? What he's saying is, what is the most important commandment out of all the 10 commandments? If I can only follow one, what would be the one? Well, you know what they're gonna do? It's just like, anything. They're trying to manipulate it. Oh, he picked this one. How is that one better than this one? So you're telling me murdering somebody's not as bad as this? That's what they're trying to get him to do. But listen how Jesus responds. Jesus replied, he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second one is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. It's about love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And then he said, equally important, love one another. I will tell you what, the religious spirit, they don't love people. They love religion over people. A lot of times that's what the enemy is going to continue to do in your life. If you're not in love with the people that are around you, if you're not in love with him, then you gotta 
slow back down, get back in love with him, and watch how you start to love the ones around you. It'll change everything. And there's a reason why I'm getting to this, because I want you to understand the importance of this. Now go to Philippians chapter 2. I want to cover this very quickly. I know time's going to be tough right here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. I love the start of this. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. He said, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave it up, his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. As you continue to go down through that, it gets to a point where he talks about how much he humbled himself and the fact that he humbled himself that the Lord exalted him to the highest. Now, the reason why I cover those two points right there is I want you to understand this simple thing. When I was, I've told the story before that um, they, this guy used to call me Angel Boy. And the reason why is because he couldn't remember my name. I didn't know Matt was that hard, but apparently he couldn't remember my name. And so he kept calling me Angel Boy. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, every time I see you, you got an angel around you. And I was like, really? Is he around me now? You know, and I, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh. And I remember it was after that time I was telling Kelly about it. And Kelly was there when the guy, when the guy was telling me. We were talking, this was probably an hour or two later. And we're talking about it. And the Lord started talking to him through him, helping me to understand some things. And one of the things that he said was the reason why angels are always around you is because of two simple things. He said, you love people and you're humble. Now, I know me. And I would say, ah, I'm not that humble. I'm pretty prideful. I'm pretty arrogant in some areas. I need to get better at those things. And I, you know, I start self, I start beating myself up, saying I'm not good enough for that. And he said, the reason why you have that is not because of the way you see it, but because of the way the Lord sees your heart and what you do. You love people and you are very humble. And I started to realize something amazing. I wasn't doing it because I wanted him to see angels around me. I was doing it simply because the Lord asked me. Love those around you. Love your neighbor. Love your wife. Love those. And love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And humble yourself. Jesus didn't cling to his God in opportunities. He could have. We wouldn't have blamed him one bit because every one of us probably would have done the exact same thing when the devil started making up stories about us. But you know what? He humbled himself and re relied specifically on what God had called him to do. And this is what it comes down to. Love and humility are two traits that you would always find with Jesus in everything that you read about him. Every time you see him. In fact, when people talk about how, if, when they see Jesus, they talk about his eyes. If you hear anything, you'll hear people talk about Jesus's eyes. He said, and, and Kenneth Hagin, I was listening to him uh, just this last week, and he was telling a story about when he saw Jesus. He said, his eyes. He said, it's so hard to describe. And I will tell you that. It, that is one of the hardest things. When you see a vision, it's hard to describe it. You, you, you only describe it the way that you can, and it doesn't fully describe what you're seeing. And I, a lot of times I'll hit Kelly and I'll be like, man, this is what I'm seeing. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but this is this. And he started talking about Jesus and he said his eyes. He said his eyes looked like they were so deep. But he said, I've never seen eyes. But he said the only way I can explain it was love. When you look into the eyes of Jesus, it is just love. 
That doesn't make sense to our minds. But I will tell you this. When you see into his eyes, you will see what I'm talking about. It is straight love. There will come a day when you will see that. And I pray that you remember this moment. Because I'm telling you, when I looked into his eyes, I see love. That's all. When they describe it, I was like, yes, that's it. That is exactly it. He is 100% love. And that's what it comes back down to. See, God wants to move in every one of our lives. They love, he loves us uncontrollably. Remember John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. He loved you and I before we ever even recognized him. That whoever shall believe in him shall have eternal life. That's what it comes back down to. See, God wants to move. See, with humility and love, you will see God start to move more and more in your life. When you focus on those things, when you set that as the priority of your life to say, you know what, I'm going to choose today. I may not feel like loving those around me, but I'm going to choose to love them beyond that. I'm going to choose to love to see the absolute best in them. And you can talk to someone and they will say, you can, no, there's nothing good in that person. You know what, find one thing. That's what we tell, uh, whenever I would have, meet with couples, they would be like, yeah, he does this and this and this. And I, and I said, whoa, 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 I said, tell me this. I don't want to know what he does bad. I said, tell me one thing he does good. <sighs> this is a lot of times what happens. They have to sit there and think, well, I got to think. And I was like, okay, well, I, I got time. Tell me one thing. I don't know, he, he makes the bed. Fantastic. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to praise him for making the bed. That's all I want you to focus on this week. Man, thank you so much. You, you make the bed better than anybody I've ever seen. I, I, you, the hospital should hire you. You're incredible. You do these things. You're unbelievable. You do these things. When you start doing this, you know what? All of a sudden, it's not just one thing you see. All of a sudden, your eyes start to change, and you start to see him the way that God sees him. And you know what? It's not about all the negative things that continue to be thrown at you. You look beyond those and see the good things. And then God starts changing the vision of it. And all of a sudden you see only good in him. And you're like, a month later, you're like, he's incredible. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know. He's Prince Charming. He's back. And it starts going through all these things. And I'm telling you what, it starts with the way that you view everything. So if you say, you know what, there's nothing good, find one thing. You find one thing and focus on that one thing. And I will promise you this, God will do something amazing in your life and in their life. Continue to seek those things. Because when you humble yourself, never be too good to do anything. I've never been too good to clean a toilet. I've never been too good not to pick something up. That's what Jesus said. Remember the disciples said, tried to shoo the children away? He said, no, 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 no. Bring the children. Bring the children. See, sometimes we think I'm too busy for that. Jesus said, I'm never too busy. That's the heart and the attitude. That's what we're trying to talk about. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about when you start to see things, you're going to see visions. And the way that God does things, there's three different ways. Uh, these, I'm only going to talk about three visions or types of visions. The first one is a spiritual vision. Some of you may have had this before. But, but I, I want to get to this point because I want you to help understand this. The spiritual vision is something like this. You, you may be praying with your eyes closed. You may be dreaming. You may be asleep and all of a sudden you, you wake up and you're like, man, I don't know what it is, but I, I see this. I, I saw this, this house and, and this person was doing this and I don't know what it was, but this person was here and they were over here and they did this and this and I, I don't know how to explain it to you. It was weird. It was a weird dream. All of a sudden, you recognize the people that you're dreaming about. You recognize the thing that's going on right there. I'm telling you, that's a vision from God. The Bible talks about that 
Young men will see visions and dream dreams. He's talking about you and I. We're going to see those things. We're going to have visions. God does this a lot more than you think because there are times that you may close your eyes and you get a vision of something. And it, it may just be something in your mind like, that's a weird thought. God is showing you visions of certain things. The more that you start to dig into those visions, the more God will reveal in that vision. See, a lot of times we all function in that without even knowing. That is one of the gifts God gives you in the supernatural. When you get into that area, he will give you visions and show you things. See, eyes closed or see a picture in your mind could be at that moment or for prayer or worship, any of those times. See, when my wife and I were first getting married, uh, I was working for the church in Clovis. I was the assistant youth pastor. And I remember we were looking for a lot of houses. And I remember that year, we had looked at houses all through Clovis and just hadn't found anything yet. I, I, I just couldn't find anything. And I remember the realtor we had said, go, we'll go and pray. And the men of iron was coming up and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go pray. And I remember at the men of iron, I got a vision of a house. I remember I was worshiping and, and the Lord showed me a house. The house had two stories. It had three windows. It, had, it, it, it just looked beautiful. It had these, these pillar looking things. It had these double doors. It was just, it was a beautiful house. And I was like, all right, that's the house. So I came back and my realtor said, okay, what did the Lord show you? And I said, this is what he showed me. She goes, oh, great. I know what that house is. She said, let me go see if we can buy that house. I was like, okay, never seen it before. All right. She goes to that house. They said, no, we're not selling. Still don't even know what the house looked like, but this is what she had in her mind. So we end up not buying that house. And you know, I kind of we just bought, we, we bought this other house. The Lord blessed us with it. It was an amazing house, a great house for us. And uh, I just, you know, kind of had that in the back of my mind. So we go forward, fast forward. We move from there, go to Albuquerque. And I thought, I remember when we were moving up there, I, I, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I saw this house. Well, it didn't look the same. And so I remember going through and it was like, not that house. We moved to Lubbock and I was like, maybe, maybe we're gonna see it here. And I kept going through and going through and going through. We'll make a long story short, 15 years pass. We go on a trip this last spring to Israel. We go with a couple. Her mother had passed away. She said, you should come look at our house. You should come look at my mom's house. I said, okay, sounds great. Yeah, we'd love to. Because we were looking at a house that was down the street from her. And so we go and we look at this house. And I remember it was at night. We walked in and it was, it was kind of hard. We came in through the garage. And so we're looking at the house. Oh, it was really beautiful, all this stuff. And we're going through. So the next day I go back by and I was like, I just want to see the outside. I want to see what it looks like. And I pull up to the front, I get out of the car and I'm standing in front of the house. And I look at the house going, wow, I love this house, man. It's perfect. It's like ideal for Christmas lights. And I'm going through all this stuff in my head. And all of a sudden the Lord stops me and I have a vision. I go right back to that moment when I was at the men of iron and he shows me that vision again. And all of a sudden I look back up and I am staring at the vision God gave me. And I'm going, Lord, this doesn't make sense. Why did you wait 15 years? Why couldn't this have been, you know? And I was, I was like, I saw this house 15 years ago. I called my wife and I said, hey, you're never gonna guess this. But you remember that vision I told you about when we were first getting married? The house I saw at the Men of Iron. I said, this is the house. 15 years ago, I saw this house that we were, this is gonna be our house. I had never been to this house before, never done any of those things, but you know what? God always has a plan. See, it was a vision that I kept in the back of my mind. God is always speaking and teaching and helping us grow. That is a spiritual vision. 
That is seeing things that are happening right there. See, the second thing, the second level of it, is a spiritual, and the only way I can explain it is a trance. I don't really like that word because it sounds demonic and all these things, but it's not demonic. A spiritual trance. A trance is something where you are in one place and you go somewhere else. And this has happened to me before. I was praying for my parents. I remember praying. I was with my wife. We were praying for my parents. There was, some, there was an issue that was going on. There's some health things. And I remember going, and all of a sudden, we're in Lubbock, Texas. We're praying, and I leave my body, and I am all of a sudden in Grand Junction, Colorado, like hovering over my parents and I'm looking at them, looking in there, they're in the room and they're talking and there's two angels. And I'm looking over and I see the two angels and they look at me and I look at them and we're, we're in there and we're looking and they're talking. And I, I believe my ste- it, was my ste- it was an issue with my stepmom and my stepmom sat down and both these angels came over to her. One put, her, put his hand on her shoulder and the other one reached in and grabbed something out. And I believe she was dealing with breast cancer at the time. This has been a few years ago, so I, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. Pulled this out, and this, this clump of black stuff came out of her. The other one stepped back, took the thing, and just walked off, and the angel was gone. The other angel that had the hand on the shoulder looked up at me and nodded, and I just knew. I knew. See, she was told that she had breast cancer or that there was a thought that she would have that. Looked at me, nodded, took his hand off and, walked, and left. And all of a sudden, that quick, I was, back in, I was back in Colorado. I mean, back in Lubbock. We got done praying. I said, I need to call my dad. So I called my dad. I said, hey, where are you? He said, well, I'm, we're in our room. I said, what are you doing? I said, well, Lynn's sitting on the bed over here and I'm standing right where I saw him. He, he, he said, we're just kind of hanging out here. And I said, does Lynn feel different? She said, yeah, something just happened. She said, I, she, she, she can't explain. She said, just something happened. She said, I just feel different. She said, you know, I was like, was it bad food? Or, you know, he's like, I don't know. And I knew what it was. See, God wants to do those things with us all the time. She went to the doctor and she was healed of cancer. Whatever it was that they first saw was not there the second time. Now, she was like, well, it's my vitamins, it's this. I said, yes, yes, it was your vitamins. It was these things, but I know exactly what it was. And this is what I'm talking about. God will take you to places to help you to understand that what you're praying for, sometimes you need to see it to believe it. You'll have those visions. You'll have those things like that. Now, since then, that was years ago, I haven't had one of those. Doesn't mean it won't happen again. But I'm not seeking God to have one of those. I'm just ready. If he shows me that, I know what I'm seeing. And that's where God moves. The last one is this, is an open vision. Kelly talks about this a lot more. He will see, just like he sees you and I, he'll see the angels that are standing right there. There are times that I function in that same gift, that same where it's an open vision, where I'm seeing things like all of a sudden this whole area will transform. Like the stage will still be here, but there are this arch and there'll be rocks and where there was one time Jesus's arms, his, his, well, I believe it was God's arms that were here, and it was showing a father waiting to hug his children, just waiting for them to come forward and to hug him. There were all these different things, and so those are just three of the areas that I want you to understand. See, God is always wanting to move. He's always wanting to speak in each and every one of our lives, and that's what it keeps coming back down to. I'm going to skip quite a bit of it. We're going to go to Revelations, and I'm going to close with this thought. 
And I want you to understand this. The more that we seek the Lord, the more that we're going to find the truth. The more that we're going to find exactly what we're going after. See, in Revelation chapter 1, John is talking, and I want you to listen how he shares this, how everything happens. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, it says, I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering. And in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus called us, I was exiled to the islands, preaching the word of God for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the Spirit. Suddenly, I heard behind me a a loud voice like a trumpet blast that said, Write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the city of Ephesus, Cymrene, Pergam, all those churches. Now, this is what I want you to understand about this. He did not wake up that morning going, Lord, I want to have a vision today. I want to seek a vision. I want to see an angel. I want to see this going on. See, it wasn't the fact that he was seeking after God to do something. He was simply, what did this say? It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the Spirit. He was worshiping. He was seeking the word of God. He wasn't after a vision. He wasn't seeking after an angel. He wasn't doing anything. See, here's the thing. Seek God with all your heart. Through love and through humility, he will show you the supernatural. He will open your eyes to the supernatural that when you pray, it's not a hope prayer, it's a bold prayer. See, there's a difference. I always tell this to my kids. I'm like, don't shoot the ball. Don't hope it goes in. Make it. See, there's a difference when you shoot the ball to make it, and there's a difference when you shoot and hope it goes in. You hope it goes in, there's always a chance for failure. Stop hoping your prayers. Start being bold in your prayers. It's going to happen. When you shoot with an expectation, God does something amazing. And that's the thing I want you to understand about this. He didn't wake up that morning seeking after this. He got up and he worshiped. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice in it. He made the choice, and that's what it comes back down to. I can tell you this. If you will live your life full of love and full of humility, you will see the supernatural move in your life more than you've ever seen before. Make the choice today to say, I'm going to choose this. This is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.